I'm a dizzy daisy wheel on the edge of infinity cruising along at a breakneck speed. I don't care what anybody else wants. All I care about is what I need. Alright, hi there. Welcome back to the Nicholas Comics Q&A. That was, of course, Simple Minds with Don't You Forget About Me. Absolute classic. I, I, I enjoy New Wave, you know. But, uh, anywho, this this week was a pretty gosh darn spicy one, if I do say so myself. Harmonica is an underrated instrument. That said, it's been a pretty spicy week. I finally got up the courage to ban this moron who's been causing mischief around the server by spreading a bunch of bullshit. Uh, I'm glad I did, because, you know, I don't like uh, I don't like having scumbags here on the server. Really, It can really get old after a time. And uh, this fella, I mean, some of the things he said were just so misinformed and he believed everything could be refuted with a wikipedia article and he said i was the ignorant one but he was so flipping ignorant like like to an obscene extent because he had convinced himself that everything i said was misinformed so he did his darndest to, uh, to disprove everything i said it got really annoying after a while uh, so finally, this culminated this kind of defensive attitude and you know passive aggressive stance culminated in him defending Brett Kavanaugh. And let me tell you, I I will not put up with that shit. If if you're a Kavanaugh fan, then this ain't the server for you. All right. If you're if you're gonna defend Brett Kavanaugh, then I am gonna I am gonna lay down pretty the law pretty hard because Brett Kavanaugh is one of the worst people alive. I don't I don't say that with any kind of exaggeration. He is a scumbag. Like can you imagine someone who's so brainwashed? Or I don't think this fellow is like brainwashed. He wasn't a hardcore conservative or anything. But he was so dedicated to to saying that everything I said was wrong. That he ended up defending Brett Kavanaugh, and that's just, like, sick, you know? It's not, it's not a political thing. This guy accused me of hating on Brett Kavanaugh just because he's a Republican. It's not about politics, it's about basic human decency. Like, just... Don't endorse rapists. And this fellow, this fellow makes the ridiculous argument that because Brett Kavanaugh was found innocent, that means he wasn't a rapist, and he never sexually assaulted anyone. As if this is how the legal system works, that a verdict of innocent means you are innocent. What a bunch of just total bullshit. And, and what's more, I point out that, like, multiple women came forward and convicted Brett of, of, of raping them, and he's like... Well, have you ever heard of false testimony? And it's like, yeah, I have heard of false testimony. That's not what these women gave. They gave real testimony. 
And I just find it so weird that he'd acknowledge that the court system can be corrupt in some ways, i.e., you know, false testimony. But he doesn't think that being best friends with the President of the United States will uh, ensure that you win a case or something. Like, he doesn't understand how corruption works, but he thought, he thought it was a political thing that I'm just hating on Brett Kavanaugh because he's a Republican. It's not that. Like, if you like Ben Shapiro... That's fine. If you like Donald Trump, even, okay. If you like Brett Kavanaugh, you have some serious issues to work out, like some deep-seated issues, because nobody in their right mind should be going around being like, yes, Brett Kavanaugh, he's my favorite. I can't get enough of flipping Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh is a fucking rapist. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and act like the testimony those women gave was fake. Because I know the difference between someone lying for money and an actual victim of sexual assault. And I can say right now, definitely a case of the latter. Brett Kavanaugh is just the kind of guy who'd do it. You know he'd do it. He's, he's a rich trust fund kid. He goes to college. And he thinks he can cause all the mayhem he wants and be a real party animal. And everyone will forgive him once he enters his professional life, but sometimes you cross a line in your college years. You get a little too rowdy. And I think that's the case with Mr. Kavanaugh. I think he went a little too far. I think he crossed a line. And I think that just because he was found innocent doesn't mean he is innocent. The same way just because O.J. Simpson was found innocent doesn't mean he is innocent. You'd need to be, like, really stupid put that much faith in the legal system. I mean, especially considering Brett Kavanaugh is a Supreme Court Justice. I feel sick just saying that. When America elects rapists to the highest office, the highest court in the land, it sends off the impression that America is a country full of rapists and that we endorse that kind of thing. That's not healthy. Like, you know, it's, it's just not good. It's just not good for our public image. And, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely not a political thing. If Kavanaugh was a Democrat, I'd also, I, I would also say, nah. But, you know, there aren't that many cases of Democrats being misogynistic creeps. Like uh, Clinton, for instance, you know. He, he, had, he had the whole Monica Lewinsky thing, but you know, that was consensual. Um, but anyway... I mean, you know, Clinton has his fair share of sexual abuse allegations, and that's okay, you know, I don't I don't think Clinton's that great a politician. I think Hillary's okay, she never did anything wrong, but my point is that uh, this fellow also believed in, like, the Benghazi shit, and oh no, what about the emails? Show us the emails, lock her up. Just a bunch of, like, shit that I thought was out of vogue in 2016. I guess I was wrong. People are actually still defending Brett Kavanaugh and being like, No, those women were just lying for some reason. Like, no, those women weren't hired or paid or any shit. It's a fucking conspiracy theory. They knew, they knew Brett. They went to the same college. Records don't lie. They were at the same college at the same time. I think Brett frickin' got a little too handsy. Alright, that's just how it is. It's not a political thing. Louis C.K., you know, 
used to be a pretty much universally beloved comedian. While he doesn't say explicitly that he's a liberal, plenty of people on the left liked him. Then it was revealed that he was a huge woman-chasing weirdo, and I, I've dis disowned the guy. You know, I used to like his SNL sketches, like the Tenement Museum one. Now I just look at the guy and I'm like, yuck, a rapist, you know? That's the natural human response to when someone, you know, defends rape or is like, oh man, yeah, he, he didn't, you didn't really do it. Like, yeah, Louis C.K., keep it in your goddamn pants, you, you, you nut house. I mean, God, you know, I, I just, I just don't understand. And this is because I'm asexual. I don't understand being so horny that you just have to like force yourself on a woman. Leave her the shit alone, for God's sake. Have some decency. This isn't a political thing. It's just normal human response. And it's good to think critically about rapists and weirdos and, you know, not support them. It's perfectly all right. Uh, I, I, I extend the same thing to fictional characters like Winston Smith in 1984. He's a misogynistic little shit. And, you know, I point this out, and people are like, oh, you're the thought police, because you're, you're hating on Winston just because he has thoughts about how he'd like to rape his co-worker. That's the thought police. Yeah, maybe it is. But, like, if pointing out that having constant thoughts about raping women is not okay to have, and you should probably seek therapy or something if you're having thoughts that severe if that's being the thought police i don't really care thought, thought police uh you know uh all cops are bastards but thought police are flipping awesome because uh you know it's important to have some decency that's important and you know hating on someone is very different from censorship uh there's nothing wrong with you know just an open exchange of of vitriol. That's actually very healthy. Now, what's not healthy is censorship. Censorship is bad, but if, you know, I can hate on people who claim to be censored, like George Orwell or Gavin McGinnis, because they're not censored. They're just stupid, and people just hate on them for their stupid ideas and their laughable, you know, crap. And then they're like, we're censored. No, you're not censored. You're just. You're just a you're just a moron, and you you have trouble keeping it in your pants. And now people aren't buying your shit, and people aren't buying your comedy albums anymore. You know, people used to buy Louis C.K. comedy albums like any other comedian. Now they're looked at like yuck. Isn't that the sweaty guy who groped a bunch of women? Maybe if I met Louis C.K. face to face. You know, maybe he'd be able to explain himself. But I don't know Louis C.K. All I know is that he's been accused of being a weird misogynist. And at that point, you know, I'm not much into his comedy anymore. Or any pursuit he uh, chases. Because it's just too, been, you know, not, not alright. You know, I, I don't like, I don't enjoy supporting rapists. So, you know, just that. So that's why I, I denounce Brett Kavanaugh, why I don't support the guy. Because I honestly believe that the claims made against him were true. 
that the only reason he was found innocent is because Trump is the president and he's friends with Trump. This makes sense. Uh, really just stupid. Uh, someone said something in comic chat. Toaster says that Mongolia is a beautiful culture. A lot of meat and dairy in their diets. I have to agree. Just discussing how, uh, you know, people who go weeb say they want to expose themselves to new and foreign cultures, but they always go for Japan. It just doesn't make any sense, you know. There's so many cool Asian countries like uh, Sri Lanka, there's flipping, you know, Burma, there's flipping Papua New Guinea, you know, there's India, there's Tibet, Nepal, Kazakhstan, you know. Actually, why don't you go to some of those places, you know, that's that's what I say. I mean, check those out. Mongolia's flipping awesome. I've seen some, like, Mongolian rock videos, and they're just flip, they're flipping totally cool. Anywho, uh, so yeah, this fella who I banned was just obnoxious. One thing he claimed was to have purged hatred completely from his emotions, like he's some kind of, like ascetic or something like he's a flipping you know like quit this shit you haven't like you're not any better than the rest of us it's okay to experience hatred it's a normal human emotion you don't get why all these fellas want to suppress it and be like yes i live in care bear land i i, I never experienced dislike for anything Severe dislike, which can be termed hate. That's just really stupid. Obviously, you shouldn't hate everything. To claim that you've banished it completely from your life, that's just it's just ridiculous. Nobody can do that. You can't just bury all those, you know, pent-up emotions inside. It's a recipe for disaster because eventually they'll all bubble up to the surface and you'll, like, explode or something. Like a flippin' you know, flipping a chemical reaction, you know. You, you can't you can't just suppress your your anger for that long. It's not that's it, not that's not, you know, that doesn't lead to a productive life. And the justification he gave was that it reduced his stress. I just find this like funny because if you don't if you don't relieve your anger, then that just builds up the stress. Nobody can flip and just completely cut hatred out of their life. You can try and, you know, make it a little less severe if, if you're, you know, saying something to someone, but you can't just cut it out. That's not how it works. You can't just say, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's like a flippin' diet. Like, you can cut, like gluten or dairy out of your life you can't just cut sadness out of your life that's not how it works if something's wired into your brain it's gonna stay there you know nobody is disciplined enough just to like everything across the board he didn't like my comics he wouldn't say he hated my comics because that would be being too too honest he's got to say no, I don't hate your comics. 
I just think they could use a little more effort. I.e., I don't understand what art is, and I think art is all about technique and color and shading. And if you don't color or shade your comics, then you're going to land on the street, because nobody is going to buy your comics, and you're going to be a failure. And, and you're mentally unstable. But no, I don't hate you. Same sort of condescending bullshit I heard from a band Nicholas Cicada back in the day. They're like, no, we don't hate Nicholas. We just wish he would add a little more shading to his comics. That's what this hate group is about. This group that can be classified as a hate group. That's what we're about. We love Nicholas and his comics, but we just wish he would add a little more shading. Cut the shit. Just say you hate me, and you hate my comics. It's perfectly alright. I can handle it. I'm a fucking adult. But, uh, yeah, this feels like I cut hate out of my life. Reduce stress. First off, like I said, cutting an entire emotion out of your life and suppressing it is actually only, only going to amplify your stress. And also, this, this is the other thing. Now, stress is what makes life worth living. Eventually, you've got to challenge yourself or put yourself into a, a challenging situation. That's really the only way to grow as a person, don't you think? So, only by exposing yourself to things that you actually hate uh, can you, like, grow or develop as a person? Because you can determine what your own tastes are. You know, you can you can decide what you like, what you don't like. And you don't, you know... I hear all the time from, like, everyone. Oh, that's just your opinion. Why do you think critically about the shit you watch and the shit you read? And it's like... I think critically about the things I consume because I have a fucking brain. If that bothers you, I don't know. What's your life like accepting everything without question? It's just such a weird way to live. I don't know how anyone does it. But again, this fellow is just an extreme example of these ridiculous arguments. I think he was, he was trying to kind of goad me. But, uh, you know, there just comes a point where it reaches a level of intensity and severity where, you know, it's just, it's just not funny anymore. And it's not fun to discuss this shit, because no matter what, it'll just be like, Hey, you're misinformed. I'll pull up a Wikipedia article that proves you're wrong. And uh, it, it's just, it, it gets to be like... Why are you arguing this? Can't you just agree with me for once and assume I know what I'm talking about? This fellow is just unbelievable. This is the same fellow who argued that East St. Louis was the shittiest neighborhood in the U.S. Even though it looks fine, and they have, like, barbecue restaurants and stuff, he's like, Oh, the, the people here have turned to a life of crime because they, they need something and bank robbing is easy and like just a bunch of shit and then he tells me that i can't call myself a pacifist 
just because I support left-wing policies, like China's Great Leap Forward, which I do 100% endorse, because China used to have emperors and dynasties and stuff before it became a modern communist nation. And, uh, you know, I, I support that, even if people die during the transition period from, you know, old monarchies to a modern communist uh, society, you know, I think, I think that's okay. And, you know, people will die during any time of upheaval. That's a natural societal process. And I think in China's case, the reason so many people died is because that's how famines work. If you don't have enough food to feed your people, it's not going to work. And China had so many people at the time. I tried explaining the magnitude of China's population to this moron. And he's like, oh, I'm judging these statistics by American standards. And I'm like, no, in China, these aren't such big numbers because the population is fucking huge, you know? And he's like, no, it's, it's so many people died because of the irresponsibility of the commies. And it's like, no, it's because once a country reaches critical mass, you just can't feed all these mouths. It's just not possible to do. Now, I hear that, like, the Great Leap Forward, you know, Mao Zedong made some stupid choices, like told everyone to build a metal furnace in their backyard, and he didn't do, he didn't manage farmland correctly. First off, this is because China had never faced communism before, so they didn't know how to do it. This is to be expected. Also, you just can't feed an infinite supply of people, because there's only so much land to grow crops on. Hate to tell you, but that's the harsh reality. And China learned it the hard way. You know, they, they, they hit a point where people were just dying and starving, and they were like, back it up a little. So they institute the one-child policy, which has completely turned China around, and now their economy is a global powerhouse, and they're on the route to, you know, beating out the U.S. in terms of production and GDP, and I think that's great, because it's nice to see a communist country that, unlike the Soviet Union, stays communist, stays true to its principles, and also, really, and this is the really remarkable part, is able to mesh perfectly these old ideas like Confucianism and, you know, Chinese folk philosophy and Marxist principles. I think that's really cool. China is able to synchronize their traditional classic beliefs and also incorporate communism in there. I think that's really cool. This, this moron made the uh, very common argument that China can't be considered communist just because they're, you know, a successful country and a lot of people there are living prosperous and happy lives. That doesn't mean you're not communist. It just means you're getting ahead on the world economic stage with the communist system instead of a capitalist system. That's all that means. Uh, you want proof China is communist and that they're dedicated to communism? They don't have any religion. That means they're communist, because communists don't go for this religious bullshit. I think that's one of the great things about communism, that Marx says you can't have religion in there, because, you know, you can't say everyone's equal and everyone's of equal standing if you also believe in these omnipotent deities. 
you know, and you really can't because that's it's incompatible. So, uh, you know, I, I really like how uh, really like how China doesn't put up with any religious bullshit. That ensures that their country is, you know, free of nut jobs like Kent Hovind and Peter Popoff, and I think that's a real benefit for everyone because, you know, misinformation doesn't spread around as much. It's great. I uh, know no, no st stupid flipping orc theme parks based on religious propaganda. That's just really good. I think, I think China knows where its head's at. I think it gets too much flack. And then you see these racist bullshit myths like China started the coronavirus on purpose. Uh, Wuhan lab uh, bioengineered the coronavirus on purpose. No, sorry, you can't blame anyone for a virus. Um, the outbreak of a virus, anyway. You can you can blame people for how the the incident is treated after the fact, but nobody invents viruses. They just happen. We live in a chaotic universe. Sorry about that. Deal with it. Uh, but, yeah, blaming the Chinese, it's just so fucking outdated and, and, like, just stupid. When do you live? Flippin' 1965? Newsflash, it's 2021, and China isn't flippin' under Mao Zedong anymore. I, I, I'm not saying Mao Zedong was a perfect guy. I'm not saying he was responsible for everyone who died during the Great Leap Forward, because China was just full of people, and you just can't feed that many people. Sorry. It's the harsh truth. Anyway, this moron goes on to spout some more bullshit, and I point out that a lot of the points he makes are exactly the same as a Prager use video where Dennis Prager talks about why isn't communism hated as much as Nazism? Oh, because one ensures the safety and well-being of, of workers and the other is all about genocide and xenophobia? Maybe that's why? I don't know, just a thought, Dennis. Anyway, I point out to this more on how a bunch of what he's saying is the exact same dilapidated gibberish that Dennis Prager spouts on a regular basis, and then he's like, You can't call yourself a pacifist if you endorse Chinese politics or the way the Chinese do things. It's like, I can call myself a pacifist even if I support governments that have initiated wars in the past. I'm not the Chinese government, but I can admire China for things China does. Not necessarily the wars, because wars are always wasteful. Waste a lot of resources, really accomplishing nothing, but... I mean, you know, World War II was, was okay, because we kicked Hitler's ass. But, you know... I, I'm just a pacifist, because I think, you know, I'm not interested in... Beating anyone up. I'm not interested in joining any wars. And like, you know, simple as that, I can still, you know, insult people. That's perfectly allowed under pacifism. I said that this guy ought to jump into a wood chipper. And he's like, you can't call yourself a pacifist if you're telling me to jump into a wood chipper. And I'm like, yeah, I can. I'm not shoving. I'm not shoving you into a wood chipper. 
his exact words are, You telling me to kill myself? You're a terrible pacifist. You don't get to decide what my ideology is. I can tell you to take a long walk off a short pier and still call myself a pacifist. I haven't pushed you into the lake. No, that's just how, that's just how, that's just how it works. I can tell people to, you know, can tell people to swallow a mixture of vodka and gasoline and then toss a match down their throat. So long as they don't do it, no harm done, which is ultimately the goal of pacifism. Much more effective than, like, actually shooting someone. Pin is mightier than the sword, as they say. And uh, I wholeheartedly believe in that adage. I think you can get under someone's skin a lot more with a few well-placed insults than with, you know, any weapon. I mean, it's just, it's just the facts, you know. Um, history has shown time and time again that satire is one of the best weapons out there. And, uh, you know, as, as a pacifist, I prefer it. I don't like wars. I think wars are stupid and wasteful. They waste a ton of resources. This idiot was defending the Iraq War, saying that the U.S. had to retaliate for 9-11 on flipping Iraq just because to make ourselves look good or something. This moron had no idea what he was talking about. He thinks that Everything the United States does is justified or something. It's bizarre. He puts way too much faith in his leaders, the conservative ones anyway. He, he hates on Joe Biden a lot, but uh, it was it was just absolutely flipping mental. Like the extent to which this guy defended some of like the worst shit, like the Iraq War. This guy is actually a fucking supporter of the Iraq War, which put so many, killed so many Americans, killed so many Iraqis, wasted a shit ton of resources. What the fuck is your problem? How do you, how are you so stupid to defend this shit? And maybe he was just trying to make me upset, but I think he actually thought that this was how things worked. And and he actually pulled up just a Wikipedia article to, to contradict everything I said. For instance... Uh, we're discussing, you know, con uh, people who are... So... Uh, let me go to the beginning of this conversation here, because I just thought it'd be really interesting to read off this complete lunatic's greatest hits. Because I mean, some of the some of the things we discussed were just so so mental. Let's see here. So I say. Uh, where's where's this conversation start? All right, so it starts when uh, Kippy posts a video about how can Quentin Tarantino guess movies by only hearing the VHS box description. I say, 
bet he can. That's a skill most people possess, given that a VHS box description is an accurate synopsis of the movie inside. Maybe a little more biased than a Wikipedia or IMDb article, but certainly descriptive enough to identify the movie. Jimmy Kimmel has got to try to come up with more interesting challenges than this. I'd like to see Quentin Tarantino deal with the reverse bear trap from Saw. That would make for an entertaining late-night show. So then this uh, complete numbskull says, Well, land control is important. Countries have shown that they don't need a lot of land to be powerful. So I say, no, you do. You need land to grow food to feed your armies. And this dumbass says, Great Britain's geology is very diverse. And I say, I don't think so. Not even close to Colo Colorado's ge geologic diversity. Not to mention America's. And this idiot posts a Wikipedia article to the geology of Great Britain. And he's like, educate yourself. This became a, a, a catchphrase of his of sorts. Educate yourself. Here's the thing, right? Just because Great Britain has a Wikipedia article written for it about its geology does not mean that its geology is diverse. Just because there's a Wikipedia article for something doesn't mean it supports your argument. Grow the fuck up. Anyway... So, I say, in Colorado, you can see deserts, mountains, forests, grasslands, wetlands, all within a 50-mile radius. Britain is just a slab of concrete. Then this moron says, that's geography. Geology is the rock stuff. I say, no, it's ecology. Geography refers to spatial relativity. So then this idiot says, what? Ecology is living organisms, relationships. And I say, right, within an enclosed ecosystem such as a wetland or a desert. So then this moron says, Nicholas, you do this a lot where you act like you know what you're talking about, but don't. I am talking about geology, rocks. And I say, I'll do whatever the fuck I want, sir. I'm an American. So then this uh, numbskull says, they got a lot of coal and iron. True American, and I say, yeah, I am a true American. And this uh, fellow says, doesn't know what they're talking about. Even though he's also American, so what's that say about him? American, so I have no idea. Fit neatly into a category. Anywho, I have edge country. So then this, uh, this idiot says, Cool! Britain's the reason why the U.S. exists. And a lot of their culture is to reject 
destruction of Britain. And American and Brit America and Britain's ideas are compatible is like saying Israel and Palestine have anti-Britain. Educate yourself. So then this uh, complete dumbass says, You hate Britain, but most people don't care. The ideas are compatible. That's why we're close allies of monarchy. are not at all compatible. Nematodes constitutional monarchy in which the monarchy holds almost no taxes and non-representation. And I say, there is no such thing as a constitutional monarchy. A populace cannot consent to the presence of a monarch. I, and this idiot says, you doze off during this part in U.S. history? Yes, they can. I say, I don't learn my history in high school courses, idiot. He says, oh my god. I say, I learn my history through exposure to the real world. He says, that explains a lot. And I say, yeah, you've been fed a bunch of factoids in a numbered list and accept them at face value without question. Pathetic way to absorb information. So then this numbskull says, At least they're true. And I say, You don't know that, sir. All your information comes from one source. And uh, then this idiot says, Not every single soldier in World War II fought because of their outstanding moral compass. And he doesn't even use the right kind of their... We know we're dealing with, like, a serious, like, genius here. Not every single soldier in World War II fought because of their outstanding moral compass. They fought because the government told them to. And I say, they could always refuse. Plenty of them did. So then, this idiot posts a Wikipedia article to conscription in the United States if that proves that there's no such thing as a draft dodger like you get a draft and without question you're just like oh, yes a draft I will I will I will do this immediately like it's not how history works dumbass like, you seriously think everyone just went along with the draft fucking stupid and then this idiot quotes the Wikipedia article and says on December 5th, 1942, Presidential Executive Order 9279 closed voluntary enlistment for all men from the ages of 18 to 37 for the duration of the war, providing protection for the nation's home front manpower pool. Closed. There's a reason that all men between 21 and 35 were registered after World War One. And I say... Suppose you wouldn't know about all the people who refused to put up with the draft because you view history as a non-complex linear progression of events where every participant is put into a category where they have no free will and must do what their government tells them to. In future history textbooks, you'll go down as a member of the category known as the Incredible Dumbasses. 
So then this imbecile says, Draft evasion accounted for about 4% of, of the total inducted, see? And I say, that needs to be taken into account, sir. It really does. 4% is higher than I thought it would be for World War II. And, uh, you know, considering that was a war that, you know, was relatively justified. I mean, everyone wanted to get at those Nazis. 4% uh, is pretty high. But again, some people just don't like war, and it's okay. It's fine for them to refuse, and that needs to be, you know, supported, because there's always pacifists like myself who don't want to go along with the draft, and that's fine. That's perfectly okay. What's what's the uh, dropout rate for Vietnam? Uh, Vietnam War draft dodger percentage. Yeah, 570,000 guys uh, refused to put up with the draft. So that's an admirable bunch, and they did a lot more to change history and, you know, uh, say something than all the morons who went over to Vietnam blindly just because their government told them to. And I think they need a lot more respect. There needs to be a movie not about people who went over to Vietnam and fought and died, but just about, you know... Uh, draft dodgers who stayed at home, uh, you know, campaigned to not not go to Vietnam, maybe went to Canada where they didn't draft people. You know, I think that's I think that's important, and I think there needs to be a movie about that, honestly, because uh, that's a side you don't see too often. You know, the people with consciences who decided that they didn't want to go along with this shit. Uh. According to Peace Studies scholar David Courtright, more than half of the 27 million men eligible for the draft during the Vietnam War were deferred, exempted, or disqualified. And it's not even that hard to, you know, evade the draft. All you have to do is when you get to boot camp, just, you know, punch your drill sergeant or something. They won't accept you because you'll, you'll have established that you don't take any shit from anyone. Pretty simple. Or I guess if you're a pacifist and you don't believe in hitting people, then you can, uh, I don't know, bring a joy buzzer or something and joy buzz your draft sergeant. And, you know, you'll be out of the army in no time. Anywho. Uh, I mean, yeah, draft dodging was in the v in Vietnam era was like fucking, it was, it was like, you know, there's just as many in the Iraq war. People don't like the draft. It's not popular. Especially with World War II over, and people seeing all the destruction that can happen from a flippin' war, you know, nobody wants to fight in, so... Duh. This, this is yet another example of which this guy agrees with Dennis Prager a lot here. Now, Dennis Prager also hates draft dodgers in the Vietnam War because he believes that any war that the government creates is automatically worth fighting about, and you don't need to research. You don't need to research the war, the issues involved whatsoever. Just go over and fight, fight a bunch, and fight, fight, fight. And this is the sort of mentality that obviously George Orwell fell for when he went off to Burma. He's just a gullible fucking idiot, and he, he doesn't read any shit. And, uh, he doesn't research, you know, the enemy or anything. That's why the Vietnam War was such a failure, because nobody knew what they were doing. They were just told, these is the bad guy, these are the bad guys, go go ahead and kill them, and 
Nobody knew about Vietnamese history or what Vietnam was. Nobody, nobody knew that shit. Anyway. So this complete dumbass says, Just read it, man. Wait, didn't you say you graduated from high school? Did you not pass your social studies classes? And I say, of course I did, straight A's. And this idiot says, Really? Somehow I find that just a bit hard to believe. And I say, that doesn't mean I didn't question what I was taught, only that I did what they told me to until I was out. Uh, then the shithead says, It's fair to question it. I agree with you. But when you make ass-pulls about things that blatantly aren't true, it makes you look less than smart. And I say, when you tell me about conscription as if I didn't understand the, the concept of a draft, it makes you look like an entitled little piece of shit who drives 420 mile per hour motorcycles around your father's country club. And uh, this moron says, One, don't have a country club. Ooh, I wish I could ride that motorcycle. It'd be cool. Uh, I'm sorry. You've shown lack of understanding for a lot of things I've said, so I thought I would clarify. I say, I'm an artist, sir. It's my job to understand things and evaluate them from a neutral perspective. And then this uh, complete uh, dumbass says, but you're not neutral about much. And I say, yes, like all people, I have opinions. And he says, very, very strong ones. And I say, however, I reach these opinions through a neutral evaluation of all possibilities and viewpoints. There's nothing wrong having a strong opinion, sir. If your opinions are light, it means you're a boring person without conviction or passion. And then this a failure of a human being says, some of your opinions tend to be on well-established facts, though. And I say, right, once an opinion can be definitively proven through empirical analysis or study, it becomes a fact. This is how knowledge works. And uh, this idiot says, yes, and it is a fact that the U.S. went to war with Britain af mainly due to taxes and unfair representation. The concept of democracy was only set in stone after the war ended, and our first quote-unquote president wasn't even voted in. And I say, no, we went to war with them because we had developed our own national identity, one which relied on enlightenment ideals and democratic principles. And this uh, fellow's like, ugh, as if, the, as if democratic principles, like, offend him or disgust him or something. That's pretty funny. They say, and democratic principles are incompatible with monarchist principles. So then this idiot posts a link to the American Revolution. Causes, battles, aftermath, and facts. This article, I assume, is true. It says... The war followed more than a decade of growing estrangement between the British crown and many North American colonists. Why do you think this happened? Because Britain was a fucking tyranny, and they sucked ass. Anyway, uh, this, this dumbass says, 
I know you don't read my links that I send, but I feel it's important to give you the chance anyway. I say, sir, why do you think there were taxes and unfair representation? These factors are merely byproducts of a monarchy, which by definition does not concern itself with the consent or approval of the governed. This is why we implemented a democracy. As for your claim that our democracy was not set in stone until after the war ended, nobody would have implemented another monarchy. We had just gone to war to get rid of the monarchy. So then this idiot says, I know, I'm saying we didn't go to war because you're monarchist and we're democratic. It was taxes and no representation. And I say, we did, sir. And uh, this, this idiot says, British could have been fascist for all we cared, or communist. I say, the no representation part is a natural feature of monarchies. Monarchies do not provide representation. Communism hasn't been conceived in 1776, sir. And this dumbass says, But there was a parliament! And I say, yes, but a parliament is not a congress. And uh, this moron says, but it is representation. There was an opportunity for representation, but it was denied. I say, for the elite, maybe. The House of Lords is comprised entirely of rich landlords who pass on their titles through a bloodline. Parliament is not akin to a senate. This moron says, Never said it was. I'm just saying Parliament represented people. And I say it does not. It represents the interests of the elite. And this dumbass says, Sort of like the Electoral College. Oh my god, Nicholas, stop. Ass-pulling stuff, please. So I say, the Electoral College is merely a method by which each state is given an equal say in an election. It has very little effect on the outcome of an election. Ultimately, the people vote for who they want in office. If a candidate secures the popular vote, but not the electoral vote, that's considered an anomaly. So then this idiot says, here, check this out, and he posts a Wikipedia link to an article on the Parliament of Great Britain. Here's the thing, if you have strong opinions and your opinions are actually justified, you'll never need to link to Wikipedia articles, because you'll understand all this shit. Um, you know, and it's okay to provide sources if you're, like, you know, advocating for a viewpoint that, you know, nobody in their right mind would believe, like conspiracy theory or something. But... If all you can do is, is lean back on Wikipedia articles and you don't have your own opinions and you just go to Wikipedia for what you believe to be, uh, you know, objective reality, then stop, stop, right? Like, Wikipedia is a reliable source of information, but eventually you've got to stop reading, you know, educational resources sometime around maybe the 8th grade and start forming your own views on the world. You know, that's really important. And uh, I don't think this fellow has been able to do that. And I think a lot of young people these days aren't able to do that, which, which is really sad, because that, that's how you get just a country of uh, misinformed idiots. Anyway, I say, 
In the American system, both senators and representatives are elected by the people. Each position comes with its own pros and cons, but both are democratic positions. Not so with Parliament. So then this idiot quotes two uh, quotes from a Wikipedia article. One about how George II's successor, George III, uh, wanted to restore royal supremacy and absolute monarchy, but they needed the support of Parliament to enact any major changes, and Parliament was important. And this isn't what I'm arguing at all. I'm not arguing Parliament isn't important. What I'm arguing is that Parliament is not representative of the British people, um, and that, therefore, it's not a democratic institution. And a constitutional monarchy isn't, like, better than an absolute monarchy. It's still a fucking monarchy. Stop, stop fooling yourself, like, my God. Anyway, the other quote is about how was a foreign policy that wanted to prevent the American colonies from breaking away and like just a bunch of these quotes don't support his argument about it was only taxes and no representation and America could have kept being a British colony because our ideas are totally compatible like no the fuck they're not why do you think we fought them because our ideas weren't compatible. You think George Washington was friends with the British? It's just fucking stupid. Also, I like how he puts George Washington in quotes. He wasn't a real president because he wasn't voted in. It's like every American wanted him to be president, so that's voting enough as far as I'm concerned. Every American liked George Washington, except those turncoat Benedict Arnold bastards who, who, you know, who cares what they think. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you didn't have to have a formal election. Everyone wanted George Washington because he was an awesome guy. He was cool. Anyway, this moron says, hold on, watching Naruto. And I say... Britain didn't like Queen Elizabeth or her policies. Could they vote her off of her throne? This fellow says, Well, considering Queen Elizabeth doesn't have much power, and I say, Suppose one day she declared war on France, which is something only the monarch can do, declare war. Could the British people resist? And uh, this moron says, it's more of a ceremonial thing, like the Emperor of Japan. And I say, no, sir, there are some things only she can do. And uh, this dumbass says, you're still an Emperor of Japan, but they don't hold any power. And I say, right, and Japan is also fundamentally broken, because any country with a leader who isn't elected is destined to collapse after a period of inner turmoil. And this fellow says, Rather very little. What? Then he quotes a Wikipedia article which says, The emperor is also the head of all national Japanese orders, decorations, medals, and awards. So he's in charge of giving people shiny things. It's very reductive. 
for instance, the Japanese emperor could, if he wanted to, uh, give a medal to some World War II Nazi sympathizing holdout, like Hiro Inoda or something, and nobody could do anything about it, and that would reflect badly on the country. Um, and the people wouldn't be able to vote for, for it or anything. If the emperor wants to give a medal to Hiro Inoda, then, then he does. That's all there is to it, and that's not healthy. That's not a, that's not a functioning government. Anyway, I say, Japan sucks, sir. I thought I had made my position on the Japanese political system clear. I dislike it as much as I dislike Britain's system. You know who's awesome? South Korea. They got a president. They get the Nicholas stamp of approval. This fellow says, I believe with sarcasm, What an honor. I say, far better than any medal the Japanese emperor could give out. You know, during Hitler's rise to power, everyone in the other countries thought he was only a silly entertainer. Germany is still a democracy, they told themselves. Hitler's seizure of the German government is only a temporary measure. He doesn't hold much power, he's only a ceremonial leader. And uh, this fellow says, Yes, Queen Elizabeth and Emperor Naruhito are the world's greatest threats to democracy. Haha, <laughs> so stupid. I say, uh, they sure are. I hope Britain and Japan catch up with the rest of the world soon. Otherwise, they'll be left in medieval times. And then this fellow says, Nicholas, you're funny sometimes. And I say, it's my job to be. I'm a satirist. And he says, sometimes, usually unintentionally. I say, you're such a hardcore simp for Britain, sir. I think I may release my meme about Shano the Deads as a comic this Halloween. It would be fun to dunk on Britain in a comic. Uh, so this moron says, I'm not. I just respect America's allies. We share viewpoints on a lot of stuff, so it makes sense. And I say, go back to the American Revolution and say that to the colonists and see how they like the British. Idiot says, Got a time machine that can take me back 244 years? Viewpoints change. Nicholas, we give nukes to Britain. Their nukes are our nukes. And I say, You got perspective, sir? Does the same thing as a time machine, maybe even better because you can theorize. I think you're the nationalist here, sir. You respect America's allies, no matter who they are. You endorsed the Iraq War because you feel we had to show our dominance after 9-11. You embrace all sorts of patriotic bullshit without question or reservation. All I do, I, all I do is point out how monarchies are bad, and I praise all the democratic countries that aren't America all the time. It's pretty crazy that anyone could label me a nationalist next to you, sir. It's like flipping Jerry Falwell on steroids. And that's pretty much where this discussion ended. A, there was a point where uh, he was like, uh, King Arthur's a fairy tale. And I'm like, yeah, but it's what the British monarch uses to justify her position. There's an example where... There's an example where... Uh, Kippy hops in on the the uh, discussion, and uh, this morning's like, 
Nicholas, it's incredibly mind-boggling that you think you can get away with insulting all sorts of people. When someone says that they don't like your comic, they're a fascist and a comic-phobe. And I say, of course I can insult all sorts of people, sir. I'm an American, and insults are protected under the First Amendment. Kippy joins in and says, Tip, maybe when pointing out examples of Nicholas's hypocrisy, don't use the word can because he'll ignore what you're saying and use the First Amendment misdirection, i.e., Oh, I'm an American, and I can do whatever I want. And I say, uh, I don't know how this constitutes an example of my hypocrisy. I insult people when they say something stupid. So then Kippy says, Criticize entire countries of people regularly. Absolutely belittle them, but then get butthurt like a little bitch when people insult your comics and call them names like fascist. I say... I do, because literature should be protected. So then uh, Kippy says, Not fascists if we critique your comics. We're Americans, and insults are protected under the First Amendment. And I say, One of the key traits of fascism is a tendency to set strict guidelines for what art can be and diminish the impact or cultural importance of art the fascist deems unworthy. What Womi is saying is dangerously close to that line of thinking. He can say whatever he wants under the First Amendment, but he better not get butthurt when I call him a fascist little shithead. Omi is the uh, moron in this scenario, by the way. Anywho, uh, Kippy then says, Saying your comics aren't that well drawn isn't a slippery slope to fascism. For fuck's sake, how big is your head? And I say, Are you a phrenologist? really owned him there, and he's like, I know autistic people have trouble not taking metaphors literally, but come on, Nick, you know what I meant. And I say, I don't have trouble not taking metaphors literally, but I enjoy taking them literally, because it can be fun. Anywho, yeah, just very absurd-type standpoints this guy took. It was, it was absolutely flippin' mental. But I called him some really fun insults, like uh, dumbass and uh, bullshitter and, you know, just the, the classic uh, insults. And it's a lot of fun. It's the sort of incredible stuff you can see here on the server if you want to hop on the Nicholas Comics Discussion Chum server. Because we have a fun discussion about Nicholas Comics and I call everyone a moron and they're like... Oh, you're a hypocrite. And I'm like, nah, you're just a moron. You're full of ass turkey. And then, uh, you know, fun stuff. F fun times all around. But anywho, uh, this fellow, you know, makes the classic argument. Oh my gosh, uh, you worry me. I think you're mentally ill because I'm scared that you're going to come to my house and kill me because I don't I, I think you're crazy you know, just a bunch of shit and uh, yeah I don't go to people's homes and stab them because I think this idiot missed what I was saying but I'm a pacifist and that's against my principles so no can't stab anyone that's just how pacifism works 
Anywho, uh, yeah, this fellow's just a complete numbskull, and I'm really glad I banned him because he was defending flippin' Brett Kavanaugh, and that's the point where I'm like, no, no more of this shit, and enough, enough of this, enough of this flippin', you know, bullshit about, oh, Brett Kavanaugh is so good. Dang, Wikipedia defines pacifism as a, as a religion. Or Google does. I don't think that's how it works. There's no, like, pacifist doctrine, and pacifists vary quite a bit. I'd argue pacifism's only a philosophy. It says, some people refuse to bear arms on moral or religious grounds. I just refuse to bear arms because nobody needs to bear arms anymore because it's 2021. And you can settle things with words instead of guns. We're not flipping cavemen anymore. The only reason the United States Constitution says you have the right to keep guns is because it was written back when there were mountain lions and bears and shit. And, uh, those things aren't around so much anymore, so, you know, you should be safe. I don't think you need a flippin' gun on you all the time. It's just not necessary. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, but I, th I think it's a religious thing, you know. Anywho, it's 4.05, about halfway through the Q&A. Nobody's hopped on yet. No interesting questions. Hopefully someone hops on soon, because I'm going to be giving away a free copy of Rockin' Marcus, which is pretty flippin' awesome. So if you want a free copy of Rockin' Marcus or some other comic, then join the Nicholas Comics Discord server and... Uh, you know, hop on here for, from 3 to 5 every Saturday, and I give out a free comic, provided there's one or more people on. I, it used to be, you know, five or more people, but I've lowered my expectations. One, one person's enough, that's fine. And if you answer a trivia question, then you win a free comic. Simple as that. Free comics? Who doesn't like free comics, am I right? Harmonic is a fun instrument. Gosh darn. Anywho. About comics. Well, I have something very interesting coming out. As I mentioned up there, uh, I'm starting work on Shano the Deads. Except I'm going to call it a Shano the Deads. More of an Irish name, but, you know, some British fellows are named that. and it's gonna, it, it should be fun. A Shano the Deads. It's going to be a, ra a raunchy, uh, silly parody of Shaun of the Dead. Except instead of, you know, being a big Edgar Wright simp, I'm like, Edgar Wright sucks. And uh, I, I deconstruct the movie, like, piece by piece. And uh, in case you're wondering if I'm going to watch Shaun of the Dead uh, for research for this comic... I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna dump on the movie without having to watch it, because I don't watch movies I don't like. Believe it or not. Anywho, uh, yeah, it's four oh seven. 
They got some interesting content out this week. I'll say that much. Um. But yeah, some of the some of the opinions this guy had were just ridiculous. He's like, I bet you didn't pass high school. Like, yeah, I did. You don't have to be that smart to pass high school. It's not that great an achievement or anything. Anywho. Nobody's commented on my f hilarious Cable Guy video yet. That's a real shame. It's a darn funny video. My Cable Guy video is pretty funny. Uh, check it out if you haven't. It's, it's the first installment in an upcoming series I'm planning. I think it's pretty fun. Uh, let's see if there's anything I could react to today, because... There's a lot of cringy stuff out there, a lot of cringeliciousness. Is there anything I can offer up my first-hand opinion to? Hmm. Anything topical, anything to do with uh, Ben Shapiro, or... Heck yeah, how about, how about some Ben Shapiro? I could watch some Ben Shapiro. Yeah, it's always it's always interesting to react to this sort of stuff. Oh yeah, one thing I would like to say is that uh, as an avid fan of science fiction, a lot of you might be wondering what my uh, perspective on this uh, All Tomorrow's story that's been making the rounds is, you know, what I think of it. And uh, I've read the full thing, the whole the whole PDF of uh, All Tomorrows, this uh, story that a video is made out of that currently has like 3.4 million views. And as, as a fan of science fiction, I can say it's actually really not that bad. There's some interesting ideas in there. And, you know, these days when every sci-fi is just, what if we lived in the Matrix? Or what, what if we had computers that were smarter than us? It's very nice to see a sci-fi that has fun wacky species and stuff and you know that's that's pretty that's pretty cool i like i like all tomorrows it's it's an okay story there are some stupid parts like how the martians are just humans that live on mars i think that's stupid uh also how uh the aliens that genetically modify humanity i don't think humanity's evolution will work out like that i just think Humans will evolve into different forms over time. I think that this alien species is kind of a, a, a plot device, as it were. But other than that, I mean, it's a perfectly alright sci-fi story. I give it like 7 out of... Yeah, like 7 out of 10 stars. It's, 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 it's pretty okay. I mean, you know, not as good as the stuff that was being pumped out in the 50s or 60s, but a novel concept, and that's really all you need to get ahead these days is a new idea, and I think those are increasingly rare these days, and sci-fi is looking more and more the same. Blah, 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 same shit. Anyway, is there anything interesting I could have a look at? Because I'm feeling kind of spicy. Check out some, uh, no, not Ben Shapiro. Too easy. By the, by the way, uh, if, if, uh, I, I'd really like to 
debate Ben Shapiro. So if you're listening to this, Ben Shapiro, I would I would have a blast uh, debating with you in a public arena. And let's take the gloves off and say we can use ad hominems, because that just makes any argument more spicy and more fun. And I'd like to see your veil of pretension be dropped, and you call me, you know, some insults, and I call you some insults. Good, clean fun. Eh, let's try it out, you know. Anywho, uh, gosh, there really isn't anything that that I'd that I'd uh, be interested in responding to. Any new Rick and Morty material or anything like that? Nah. I've seen both trailers. Only it's been five years of this drivel. I remember the first time I uh, heard of Rick and Morty. I think it was when it was brand new. Because it was like five years ago. Or maybe, you know, with seasons it's not exactly a year. But it was like eighth grade. And someone was like, it's Rick and Morty. It's like... It's like Futurama, but different. And, you know, I, I like Futurama. But Rick and Morty isn't like Futurama, because Futurama is funny. And, you know, the it's not the best sci-fi cartoon or anything, by any means. Not Certainly not, like, one of the best cartoons. But it, it's not just, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting... I'm not gonna like. It seems like everyone's forgotten that Futurama existed, and that it's you know a superior, a better cartoon with better stuff in it. Like I, I just don't know. Anywho, uh, my cable guy video has two dislikes. What the heck is this? Doesn't doesn't everyone enjoy the cable guy? Who doesn't like the cable guy? If you haven't seen The Cable Guy, check it out, because The Cable Guy is flipping awesome sauce. I'm telling you right now, if you haven't seen The Cable Guy, uh, Jim Carrey, uh, you're flipping missing out. That's all I'll say. Anything new on Kiwi Farms? Let's see if there's anything new on Kiwi Farms. I doubt it. They make fun of so many other people, you know? And, like, sure, these people get made fun of, but they also make that this fat stacks, because Kiwi Farms refuses to acknowledge this, but the more they mention these weirdos, the more money they make. So, you know, if you have a threat on Kiwi Farms, you're pretty much guaranteed success. Nope, no posts since December 27th, 2020. That's... That really is a damper on my day. I wish Encyclopedia Dramatica or one of these drama sites would start talking about my comics because then I'd sell more comics. That's how exposure works. Um, I guess I'm too self-aware. Maybe I just shouldn't mention it for a while. And then maybe Kiwi Farms would think, ah, yes, he's susceptible will create a threat on but they already know that I'm way too self-aware for them and I see everything ahead like flipping 3d chess 40 chess you know I I ha I see all this stuff way way in advance so there's no use trying to put one over on me uh, anything new on any of the anti Nick subs nope three months ago last thing is one month ago, 
Only one month. It feels like it's been like half a year. Dang. How about rab cans? Nope, nothing new on there. That BNS. Nope, nothing new on BNS. Dead Reddit group, yep, I agree. Trinixicate is a troll. Nope, nothing. Looks like the shitfucker posse has decided to leave me alone. It's nice to have some peace and quiet, and with this latest moron finally banned from the server, I have been liberated, as it were, and, uh, you know... I feel pretty good. Uh, no, nobody's hassling me. And like, just just a word to the wise. If you're gonna make the argument that what what, what I do isn't a real job, and you know that I should uh, give it up and start selling flapjacks or some shit, don't also argue that Brett Kavanaugh is a good guy or that you know he he's a great guy or yeah Brett Kavanaugh all the way man um because I can't take your your thing about you know I should get another job seriously if you also hold like such delusional viewpoints that anyone would be able to refute them like freaking Brett Kavanaugh what a what a joke of an argument this guy actually thinks he's gonna convince me and then I ban him and I call him a shit fucker because that's what he is and he's like you can't call yourself a pacifist. You won't be able to hide forever behind these insults. Maybe I will. Uh, an argument I hear a lot from my haters is, Oh, he can't handle the truth. He can't handle reality. That's why he insults us. No, I insult you because you're fucking stupid. And I don't insult anyone who isn't fucking stupid, if you've noticed. Like, people who... Just accept that what I do is what I do. Insult them. Never happens. I don't need to. They don't need to be belittled, you know, because they're not stupid. It's pretty much as, as easy as that. How about some... How about some Jordan Peterson? That might be interesting to check out. Uh, actually... I know what. Let's check out the Orwell Foundation, because I said I was going to check back up on them eventually. And uh, I want to see some of the incredible videos they have on their YouTube channel. 633 videos. That's way too many. I thought there'd be like 30 at the most. Dang, 633. And this is just creepy. My god, it's a fucking cult. This is so scary. 633 frickin' videos about just a guy with a mustache. It's so weird. Dang, I'm looking at the next flippin' Scientology here. <laughs> Annabelle Diaz wins the Orwell Prize for exposing Britain's social evils. 
That's actually a flippin' prize that they award. The Orwell Prize for Exposing Britain's Social Evils. Can you imagine being a country that's so fucking corrupt that you have to have an award for people who expose all the corruptness that goes on? That's just so sad. Wow, a lot of these videos are from, like, 2011 or 2010. Ten years old. Jeez. Like, like the first one, two, three, five. Yeah, you got six videos from two weeks ago. One video from two months ago. One video from seven months ago. Then one from ten months ago. One from eleven months ago. Um... One, two, three, six from one year ago. Five from two years ago. And then it just skips back to like four years ago. And then a couple from five years ago. Jeez, these are fucking old videos. How, how long has this shit been going on? Eight years ago, there's a video called Our 20th Year. So, like, eight years ago would have been, like, 2012. All the way back in flipping 1992. This is... This is weird. I'm surprised Britain didn't have an Orwell cult sooner, considering that, you know, he's been treated like a fucking Jesus ever since he wrote his shitty books. He got, uh... God, this is what Britain thinks like a, an interesting society, an interesting like societal revelation is. The night Orwell died. Oh my God, it's the night Orwell died. Like, think about this, right? Does does America do any of this shit? Is there like a, a Hemingway Foundation? There might be. Let me see. The Hemingway Foundation. Oh, there is. Oh wait, it's not. It's not. It's not about Ernest Hemingway. It was. It was just founded by a couple named. It was just founded by a couple whose last name is Hemingway. It's not about Ernest Hemingway. Here's the actual Hemingway Foundation. HemingwayBirthplace.com Oh, it's just a museum. Yeah, that's fine. I argue that, like, writers should have their homes preserved, you know, that's important to... to preserve uh, writers like homes, so people can look and say, Oh, this is how this writer lived. Cool. But... You shouldn't convince people that they should be living like Ernest Hemingway, because he wouldn't have wanted that. Because he wasn't an idiot like George Orwell, you know. He accepted that things change over time. Um, but, you know, that's just a museum. That's okay. Just gives a few, tour a few tours. It, it, it holds some... It holds some uh, book discussion series. Uh, they got an event called Friday at Hemingway's. 
Yeah, it doesn't like give out all these awards and run competitions for who can make the best video game based on a Hemingway novel, because no one wants to do that, you know, because Hemingway's books are his own shit. You should come up with your own goddamn ideas instead of just basing all your shit off 1984 and Animal Farm. Anyway, all these videos look hilarious. The only one I've seen is the exclusive interview with Richard Blair, Orwell's son, which is from five years ago. I wonder if he's dead by now. Just imagine this, right? Like, it's so fucking weird. Like, interviewing just the son of, of an author who never wrote his own books. It's not like, you know, Joe Hill and Stephen King. It's... it's Jeez. Oh, he's still alive. He's 77. And he's not even the real son, he's just the adopted son. Probably because George Orwell was infertile, because his, 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 his genitals didn't work properly. Maybe that's why he was so insecure, and why he has so many weird rape fantasies. Yeah, it just says... He just got all the money from all the shit that that uh, or Orwell made off his books. Jesus, guy looks like Thomas the Tank Engine in human form. Anywho, let's check out the night Orwell died, because I'm sure that's a real a real tragedy. Holy shit! There's so many videos. Orwell lecture Burma part five. Orwell Lecture Burma Part 1. Orwell Lecture Burma Part 3. They got some... They got some Burmese fellows on here, like Aung San Suu Kyi and Dr. Yu Tao Kong. And, uh, you know, defending Orwell's bullshit. If only they knew what they were defending. It's like... It's like freaking... Why... Why are you defending Orwell, for God's sakes? Shut it up. The guy was flawed, okay? Here in America, we acknowledge that our writers can be flawed, you know? I I know if the British have the ability to do that. You got like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight videos called Poverty Then and Now, Orwell and His Successors. I guess this is before you could have uh, videos that were over 15 minutes. On YouTube, so I guess that's well, no, because in nine years ago they posted a video. It's like an hour long, called Orwell Prize Launch Debate 2012: Writing the Riots. When do you when do YouTube allow videos longer than like 15 minutes? I, why do they split this lecture up in like seven fucking videos? Some of them have just like 42 views. Man, that's an honor. A lot of my videos have gotten more than that. Thank gosh. But maybe they thought that by splitting this lecture up into like eight parts, that people, that, you know, it would get into the YouTube algorithm more. People would, you know, watch more videos. Got Buxton 2012, Orwell versus Kipling. 
My thoughts on Orwell versus Kipling, they're both imperialist scum. I don't defend Rudyard, because, I mean, his poem, The White Man's Burden, piece of shit. But, you know, I'm willing to say that, because I'm an American, and, you know, I, I don't just defend people for no reason. Um, yeah, Orwell Prize Launch Debate 2012. Orwell Prize Launch 2012. Win all the prizes, write about Orwell, win Orwell merch, win the Orwell prizes. Got the Orwell Prize shortlist debate 2011. Is it time to make monarchy history? Does it make a difference who funds the... Does it make a difference who funds the... Can't even tell what that one... Oh, does it make a difference who funds the arts? Yeah, it does. Simple enough question. Is it time to make monarchy history? I don't know. I'd say that since it's flippin' 2011, you're having the debate that the Founding Fathers had 200 years ago. Yeah, probably. Except you're having a debate that doesn't even have any impact on politics or anything. You're just talking about it in your flippin' Orwell cult. This is so sad. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of anti-monarchists who are suckered into this thing, but if you're an anti-monarchist in Britain, Orwell is the last guy you want to support. Uh, you know, plenty of other anti-monarchist groups you could join and probably do a lot more in the long run. Orwell in Russia, Part 11, Discussion, Part 5, John Lloyd. Part 2, Masha Karp. Jeez, they got some Russians to defend Orwell shit. They will, they will stop at nothing to defend the good man's name. You got Peter Davison at the Cheltenham Literature Festival. Cheltenham. Dang, can you get a more British town name than that? Flippin' Cheltenham. It sounds like a demented sandwich. Orwell Prize Launch 2011, Chris Giles, Patrick Nolan, David Walker, Lisa Harker win these fabulous Orwell Prizes. You know, literature should be its own reward. Whenever I finish an interesting short story, I feel really satisfied because I've created something. You know, I've I've created a product that I can sell and, you know, show other people and they can enjoy it. You know, that's 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 the reward of literature that you can make a decent amount of money off it, but also just that it's cool to come up with your own ideas and make your own fun stories. You know, that can be really fun. And, you know, say you, you don't think you can make your own story. Try it. You'll be surprised with what, what kind of original, cool stuff you can come up with. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, literature should be just its own thing. Just write, because if you want to write. Stop handing out all these prizes just to people who write 1984 fan fiction where Winston gets a ray gun and takes over Big Brother and shows his big dick energy. Stop giving prizes out. Like It's okay to give prizes for, like, a general contest, like best sci-fi or best fantasy story. You know, because then you're not biased towards one author or another, or one viewpoint or another. It's just 
the genre. But if you just have a contest about try and imitate this one guy, isn't that fucking disturbing and nauseating? Jesus, this is as bad as Scientology. You got, like, Buxton 2010 with Andrea Gillies, and you got, like, seven videos of these two cult members and Orwell's face staring out in the background. That's fucking so creepy. Let's see one of these videos with Andrea Gillies. Uh, Andrea Gillies. Dang, I, I could watch a video from the Orwell Foundation every every single Q&A until I, I decide to not do the Q&A anymore. I mean, that could be just... That, that could be really something. I mean, there's so much material here, it'd take me forever to sort through all the bullshit in, the, in these. 2010. Zero comments. No likes. No dislikes. Only 63 views. And the Orwell Foundation only has like 1.2 thousand subscribers. Which really isn't that much. Hey, jeez. Put so much work into these videos, it's fucking weird. I've fallen into a serious rabbit hole. The microphone quality on this video is so bad, and it's not just because it's 2010, it's because they don't have... Like, the camera is, like, 12 feet away, and she's talking in this giant anechoic mansion room. And she's got a big sign, a big poster of Big Daddy Orwell behind her. Isn't this what 1984 is about? Do you have a big sign of some big guy staring at you? Is it better if it's Orwell? It's so fucking creepy. He is big brother, goddammit. That's, that's all it is. So many fucking videos. Conference George Orwell. There's like, there's like 50 videos taken at the same conference on the same day. This is terrifying. Jeez. Yeah, I think this is before YouTube allowed hour-long videos. Because they, they gotta split like these hour-long lectures up into like 10 parts each. How weird. Nineteen eighty four Thought Crime Part four. Nineteen eighty four Torture Part four. Nineteen eighty four Torture Part five. This sounds like a nineteen eighty four porno. Coming up for air. Unemployment and uncertainty part three. Oxford two thousand nine. Richard Blair in conversation with DJ DJ Taylor. He's, he's not a DJ, those are just his initials. Oxford 2009, Afghanistan debate. Oxford 2009, African-China debate. What's the earliest one? Johan Hari interview, Andrew O'Hagan. Raja Shahada, Edinburgh Book Fest 2008. And you got, is journalism failing, failing states? 
Then you got Alistair Campbell, Shortlist Interview, Justin Webb. Oh, finally, the bottom. 13 years ago is the oldest videos from this thing. You got, you got videos, the first videos that aren't, like, I guess audio, are called, Has the Left Stopped Thinking? Yeah, I guess in Britain, the left never really thinks much at all, because it doesn't really exist, and Britain relies on conservative values, so there's not much of a left over there. But over here in America, yeah, the left uh, does think about pretty much everything, you know, because we're a democracy. Anyway, uh, I'm going to watch Has the Left Stopped Thinking, and then I'm going to watch The Night Orwell Died. It's like uh, Don McLean, The Day the Music Died. Damn, that's a sad occasion. The night Orwell died, the whole world wept over the loss of this great, great Jesus man. Alright, let's see here. Has the left stopped thinking? The resolution on this video is classic 240 pixels. Posted in 2008. The microphone is so bad. And it's definitely not just that it's from 2008. There's some fine videos from 2008. It's just because the camera is set up in such a way. And these guys are talking in this giant fucking room. So, like, their voices just bounce off into nothing. Diagnosis at 327. I can't even hear what these people are saying, so we're just going to skip right ahead to uh, the night where Walt died, because it's currently 437. Got about 20 minutes left. I think I'll get through all of the night where Walt died before 5... Let's jump right into it, baby. The night Orwell died. This is DJ Taylor. I'm sitting in the archives of the University of London. This is the story of how Orwell died. I can tell you right now how Orwell died. He smoked too much. That's that's how he died. He smoked a shit ton. His lungs went to shit. And he always hung out in the slums for some reason. Even though he wasn't poor. And he was not a healthy guy. And he didn't go to the doctor that often. Easy. That's how he died. In the winter of 1949, Orwell was being treated for tuberculosis in University College Hospital, London, having recently returned to from... That's a typo there. Having recently returned to from the Hebridean island of Jura, where he had just completed his final novel, 1984. 
George Orwell died of a burst artery in the lungs in the small hours of the morning on 21st January 1950. The top, the top comment here is, I read one of his books. I can't remember which one, but it had such an effect on me that I one by one bought the rest of his books to read, and after completing that, I then read the compilations of his essays, pamphlets, and letters, Orwell was a great writer, but more than that, he was a great human being who, when he wrote, knew what he was saying as it came from personal experience. And even after all these decades, since his passing time has only strengthened his reputation for standing up for the working classes, for free speech, equality, and standing up to tyranny no matter its sources. I'm, I'm going to type a comment here and see what happens if the Orwell Foundation... Uh, deletes it or not. I'm gonna say Orwell died because Orwell died because he smoked too much and his lungs at the end looked like and his lungs at the end looked like an ashtray dipped in asbestos. There's really not that much more to it than that. There's really not much. Orwell died because he smoked too much, and his lungs at the end looked like an, like an ashtray dipped in asbestos. There's not. There's really not much more to it than that. That's my comment. I'm gonna leave a strong dislike on this video. There's currently 59 likes and zero dislikes. Obviously, the sign of a cult at work. So, 16 seconds in. Let's keep watching. Yeah, it's not a tragic story at all. He died. Good shit. Um, it's actually a really happy story, because Orwell was a scummy guy, and the world is a better off place without him, but... Wow, what a, what a shocker. This is a real story for the ages. Here, people die? Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Didn't even live until the 50s. What a sad character. The Atlantic winds blowing into the farmhouse in Barnhill where he lived. No, it was the fucking cigarettes. You chain smoke, you die. Simple as that. Oh, he opened a bottle of wine to celebrate how he finished 1984. There's another reason you die. Too much booze. This guy is mental. He obsesses over Orwell and he talks about Orwell like he's flipping D.B. Cooper, some kind of like obscure historic it's not that hard to grasp he got sick because he smoked too much it's not a flippin mystery or a conspiracy theory or anything he died because he smoked
God, this David Astor guy. He looks like a he looks like Pee Wee Herman's evil cousin or something. What a face. What a terrifying haircut. Like his hair is like slicked back. He looks like a comic book supervillain, I'm telling you. He looks like the flipping he looks he looks like like he's a flipping like god, this is such a weird photo. Oh wow, DJ DJ Taylor has the actual letter written from Big Daddy Orwell himself. All the incredible Orwell letters have been preserved, you know, just like L. Ron Hubbard's Dianetics being preserved. Jeez. I mean, I write a lot of letters, but I don't know if I'd want them to be preserved forever after I die, you know, just, just my comics, not every single correspondence I ever made. That's kind of creepy. This is funny. The wedding was arranged for mid-October. They had to procure the Archbishop right to Orwell's hospital room because he was such a frail weakling he couldn't even go to his own wedding. And he's getting married like five months before he dies. Jeez, how many times this guy get married. Just stop trying once you're on your flippin' deathbed. This is so fucking creepy. This guy's like an obsessive stalker. Who goes over this much from like letters in flipping 1948? Like, jeez. What a, what a freaking creep. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I wrote, I wrote a funny comic, a funny comment down there. Orwell died because he smoked too much, and his lungs at the end looked like an ashtray dipped in asbestos. There's really not much more to it than that. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave some comments on the other videos too, just in the interest of fairness, because I think, you know, I think it's important to kind of take things into perspective. Now I'll comment something on the video with Richard Blair, Orwell's son. Thirteen dislikes on this one. Good, good, good on anyone who. Uh, Actually, this one already has a fair amount of, of uh, comments. I left a dislike. How about our 20th year? Yeah, no dislikes on this one. Thank you, Katrina Lewis and Stephen Armstrong, for what you bring to Sunshine House in Skulls Wigan on behalf of our young people across the borough. Teachers and volunteers and me, thank you. And all the writers, journalists, and Orwell Awards. Okay, I'm gonna say, uh... What am I gonna say on this one? How about, uh... Oh, gosh, something that, that's different from just... I like... I like shills and wiggin. Um... Uh, 
Let's see here. You're in this 20th year video. Oh my god, it starts off with this, like, Arctic Monkeys-sounding Britpop. What even is that? Let's see here. What am I gonna type out? Uh... Alright, I'm gonna type out the comment, and in a sec I'll tell you what it is, but I have to type, I have to set down the microphone, so hang on here. I got a real, a real kicker in store. Alright, this is the comment I left on our 20th year. They say, nice, literary words should always serve to perpetuate the ideas of one guy who lived 50 years ago. This will ensure that everyone thinks the same as Orwell and reveres Orwell as a god among men whose literary powers would rival Superman if only his life hadn't been cut short. This award is sure to indoctrinate thousands of British school children nationwide and encourage complacency in terms of critical analysis. I hope your bribes are effective for decades to come. So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my comment on our 20th year. If, uh, if any of you listening would like to go over to the Orwell Foundation and leave your thoughts on their videos, I'm sure they would, they would uh, be happy to hear your, your opinions on Orwell, this great man who did so, so much for literature and, and books and everything. And, you know, just leave your honest opinion, because, you know, their whole purpose is to spark an interesting discussion. So I'm sure that they would really like to see you there. And uh, check out their videos. Watch, watch all of them, even the ten video spanning lectures that are broken up into ten parts. Dang, this is a weird channel. I've fallen into a serious rabbit hole here, but I mean, where else are you going to find 633 videos about about uh, about Orwell? Here we got the. This is the last one I'm going to do because it's 4:51. I'm probably not going to write a comment for this one, but we got the Orwell Prize. Telescreen Ceremony 2020. All right, because it's because it's the pandemic, so you're connecting telescreens to like Zoom calls. Interesting. Jeez, what even like? What even is the point? It's like these like ninety-year-old. British guys talking on a Zoom call. It's so sad. This is so weird. Britain is just in for a ride. I mean, they have a flippin' colt named after their flippin' mustache man. This is so sad, you know? Is there like a Hunter S. Thompson, uh, you know, foundation? Let's see that. Is there... There might be, who knows, right?
Hunter S. Thompson Foundation. Dang, there is. I don't like Hunter S. Thompson much, anywho. But I mean, goddamn, this isn't as... Yeah, jeez, this isn't as bad as the flippin' Orwell Foundation. It's just like... It's just... This is actually a very bare-bones site. Just donate and... Uh, put, you know, it says, like, owl, f visited an owl farm, or how, it says how they, how the thing started, and that's it, I mean, and there's just some pictures of Hunter S. Thompson, Damn, this is not on the level of the Orwell Foundation at all. Dang. Yeah, there's just a short little biography. Hunter S. Thompson was born in 1937. Father of Gonzo Journalism. I don't think there is such a thing, but whatever. Contact form. They got a donation page. Then says they're sponsored by a brewery. And that seems to be it. I mean... Yeah. Like, again, having a foundation in your honor, nothing wrong with that. But so long as it doesn't turn into a cult and put out 633 obnoxious videos, yeah, there's a Kurt Vonnegut Foundation. Dang, so many foundations. Yeah, Vonnegut has a has has one. I figured that. I mean, Vonnegut's you know very popular. I mean, you know, dang. Pales in comparison to flipping the Orwell foundations. It's flipping terrifying, you know. Flipping Orwell foundation, like they like. Donate to all these schools, and they donate all of Orwell's shitty books to schools, and you know I get that other foundations do that, but when you when you issue like prizes and all this bribery shit and fuck it's fucking creepy. I don't know. There's so and like the color scheme of the site is like red and white. Looks like the swastika for gosh sakes. It's so so weird. Yeah, this fucking Orwell Foundation thing is, like, fucking giant. It's way, way too overdeveloped. Jeez. And whereas, you know, the Hunter S. Thompson Foundation is sponsored by, like, brewery. Sponsored by these giant megalopolises of, of frickin' influence, like UCL... Joseph Roundtree Foundation, the Political Quarterly, A.M. Heath Literary Agents. Too much flipping, too much flipping government ties and, you know, just corruption. Like, he's just a goddamn writer. He's not, he's not a frippin', 
like, politician or any... He doesn't know what he's talking about. Bunch of shit. Hey, my God. Let me see this Kurt Vonnegut Foundation site here real quick, because you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having, you know, a, a, a thing set up for you after you die. It's, that's okay. Kurt Vonnegut deserves a foundation, I guess. His books, his, his stuff is, like, way, way better. But Orwell's foundation flipping the socks. Yeah, there's an article about how, you know, Slaughterhouse-Five was banned in Missouri, and then they shipped free copies of Slaughterhouse-Five, which is very different from pushing Slaughterhouse-Five on everyone, might I add. Because with the Kurt Vonnegut thing, it just says that any student who asked for Slaughterhouse-Five got a free copy, not that, you know, you just got a free copy of Slaughterhouse-Five whether you wanted one or not, because nobody should have to read shit they don't want to read. That's just not that's just not useful or productive. If I don't want to read 1984, it shouldn't be in my goddamn school curriculum, especially if I'm opposed to the principles it espouses. With Slaughterhouse Five, it's just about aliens and shit, so there's nothing objectionable in there. Uh, let's see, uh, Kurt Vonnegut Foundation. How many videos are on the Kurt Vonnegut Foundation's YouTube channel? Let's do a little comparison here. Oh, there isn't, there isn't even a, doesn't even look like there is a YouTube channel for the Kurt Vonnegut Foundation. Interesting. Anyhow, that's just, that's just really interesting. Vonnegut Foundation looks okay, I guess. I just think the Orwell Foundation's a cold. It's freaking creepy. Too many goddamn videos and lectures and too much volunteering and too much events and too much donating. How do you obsess this much over just, like, just one guy? I mean, goddamn. You know? This is uh, freaking unhealthy. Public policies. Jesus. How entwined is this shit and it's freaking in the freaking political affairs of Britain. Governance. Let's see here. Governance. It's 459. Registered charity. It's just a propaganda machine. So, so stupid. Richard Blair is George Orwell's son. Richard is patron of the Orwell Society, a membership organization open to all dedicated to promoting understanding and appreciation of the life and work of George Orwell and was a trustee of the Orwell Youth Prize. Doesn't say he's his adopted son. Jeez, he looks like he looks like Sir Topham Hat for, I don't know. Anywho, that's gonna that's gonna do it for this week. I don't know. Larry Foundations are okay, but I think the Orwell Foundation takes it one step too far. Jeez, Britain is flipping screwed. Anywho, yeah, that's that's it for this week. Uh, screw Orwell and screw Brett Kavanaugh and you know, 1984 is stupid and lame. And don't read 1984. Don't burn it, cause you know. It could be used for uh, 
I don't know, wallpaper or something instead. It said, it's 5 p.m., and uh, I am going to be off right now. So, uh, yeah. Check, uh, buy some Nicholas comics. Uh, I'm not going to set up a, a literary foundation after I die, but if anyone wants to, feel free. I don't really care that much. Because once I'm dead, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really care anymore. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to do it. See everyone next week. Hopefully someone next week wins the free comic. All I care about is what I need. He said, go down to the party and look sharp. Do you I want said, to be on the show? Okay. Join the Nicholas no, Comics Discord server today. I'll answer any questions you have. And you can appear in the Back next episode. Party. If you want to buy Nicholas Comics, right to Nicholas K, 1424 Columbine Street, number 1, Denver, Colorado, 80206. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode. All I care about is what I need. I said, hey, come on down to...